G'day everyone and welcome to episode 75 of Double Jump Radio. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, John. John, how are you, my friend? I'm feeling pretty good. We're recording this on Australia Day, or yeah, our like public holiday. I was like about to say, I said Australia Day, I was like, oh wait, no, that's kind of... Australia Day, we have Invasion to explain Day, it. Yeah. Colonial, Colonialism Day. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. the 26th of January, it's a public holiday. Yeah, but the most important part is that Triple J's top 100 is now on Saturday, so that's the, that's the important oh, thing wow. to mention. So, um, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it always used to be on Australia Day, right? Mm. Yeah, but now it's. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So both of us have the day off because we live in Australia, and um, so we're recording this early, yeah. very soon after the Xbox Direct, which we'll get to soon. Yeah, but um, so uh, yeah. yeah has, I, I, Oh, sorry. Like, how's your week been? Yeah, it's it's been good. Um, like, we've uh, planned out. Uh, my wife and I have planned out our next tattoo. It's oh, going to okay. be a, a Black Panther themed tattoo. So that's that's going to be um that's going to be something to look forward to. We'll we'll be getting that done first week of March. So yeah, that hopefully like I'll I'll post a photo on the Discord once once it's um once it's finished so okay yeah that, that's, are you getting that's matching tattoos is that the idea yeah 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 we tend to do that now like whenever we travel anywhere we get like a matching tattoo oh. and with this one like because we just came back from india and we we both love black panther and we watched wakanda forever there twice it's kind of like <laughs> oh yeah this this is like a justification yeah that's, <laughs> yeah that's nice i like that a lot dude I don't. You don't have any tattoos, do you? I don't think yeah. I've. Oh yeah, seen I have. I have one. Um, okay. It's unfortunately an arcade fire tribute, which is very tainted right now. <laughs> oh, um, why? What happened? When oh, they're uh, a band, right? Yeah, the um the lead singer and just kind of lead of the band in general got um, called out last year for being kind of like broadly like sexually harassing a number of oh. fans. I would. I don't know. I never actually looked into it because this was like, oh, this is gonna. I need. I need to look into it. I just don't don't know the details i just know it's oh this is not worth keeping up with the band anymore over this <laughs> kind of oh, thing man. um so it's huh. anyway so that's my tattoo <laughs> <laughs> i am planning on getting more it's just it's always hard to justify the expense um but yeah they're not yeah. cheap yeah. this would be like our first tattoos in like four years or yeah like three years mm-hmm. no almost four years now so it's it's yeah it's not cheap Right, yeah. Yeah, the this one was my the one I have definitely wasn't either. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. The only thing I know about Arcade Fire is like I think it was like two thousand nine, like very early on in the life of Google Chrome. I think Google did like some like they partnered with Arcade Fire and Arcade Fire released a like interactive music video within Chrome to kind of I think it was like to tap the 3D capabilities or whatever of the the browser. So okay. I'm pretty sure that was an arcade fire thing back in the day. Yeah, like, I think they've had they've a been long, around for a while. Yeah, they, yeah, they've been around a long time. It's like 20 yeah. years or something now. But wow. they've, their last couple albums have been pretty mediocre and not really setting the <laughs> world on fire. So it's like it's definitely one of those bands that you'd only really know if you're paying attention to them or paying more attention to music than I personally do. So gotcha. it's um. Anyway, yeah, yeah, not much huge in the 2010s. 
<laughs> you hinted at it before, so why don't we uh, kick things off by talking about the official, let's see, the title was Developer underscore Direct presented by Xbox and Bethesda. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's something about the underscore that it doesn't. I know it doesn't. It irks me more watch than it underscore dogs. Yes, it is. <laughs> it feels like it's trying to do something without yeah. putting much effort into it. I don't know. Yeah, like uh, I think. Well, let's uh, let's do it. I think the like you mentioned before, you've the waypoint style. Let's let's talk through some of the let's 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 briefly go through what was covered, and then we'll talk about our top picks for the uh from the presentation um but yeah john what, what was the f- we had we had some more news on minecraft yeah so it opened with a kind of lengthy breakdown of minecraft legends pvp mode um minecraft legends is releasing in april it's sort of like i'm actually like watching the gameplay because i remember it being announced and i thought it's like oh mm. rts makes sense for minecraft which it kind of is I think maybe the single player works more like an RTS, but in the PvP mode, you're playing like individuals like in Minecraft, except you're kind of, um, it's kind of at a broader scale, I think. Like it play, yeah. It's like you're controlling the F- uh, RTS where you're kind of creating bases, you're setting up units and stuff, except you're doing it as your own Minecraft dude, but he's small and like the camera's really high up. <laughs> that was like, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's kind of, I couldn't like, I realized like during that the PvP trailer, so the PvP is like, you teams of four everyone has shared resources so everyone goes Mm. to do the minecraft things of gathering up trees and wood and metals and stuff and other people build the base yeah and everyone like there's two i said two teams of four trying to destroy each other's base and everyone has shared resources on each team and you're basically trying to outmaneuver the other in destroying their base first um and a lot yeah. of it is like it a lot it resembles Minecraft a lot more than I expected, I think, based from what yeah. I remember of the announcement. Um I thought it was out already. I thought it's been out for a couple of years. I think you're thinking of Diablo like um whatever that one's called. Yeah, there was a there was another was a Minecraft stories. No, that's the Netflix thing, right? Because I, I feel like there was a Minecraft like a single player Minecraft thing that came out like a couple of years ago, but you know, but what, there was a so telltale many, thing. There was like there was yeah. that one and the yeah, which is a Netflix one, I guess. And then there was yeah. the whatever Something the Diablo else, style one is. Yeah, but I think the the thing that I didn't realize, I don't know if it was like announced previously, but uh, Blackbird Interactive, uh, which made kind of the the hard hard space shipbreakers most recently, and also working on you know Homeworld Deserts of Crack and. Homeworld 3, which is coming up as well. So, like, they've got that... So, that's probably where that strategy expertise comes from yeah. and why you're getting that kind of isometric... No, 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 is it isometric? I don't know. It's, like, third-person strategy. Like, yeah. you can kind of see that influence there. And it, it kind of makes sense if you think about the the people that's helping out with it. But mm. it, it looks cool. I mean, I'm not a Minecraft player. I've never played it, so I, I don't really have an affinity for it. I, st- I know it's still really popular, so I wonder how this will do. Like okay, your finger on the pulse, maybe. Yeah, because yeah, the thing about it is, like, if you're really into Minecraft, you're probably already you just love r- just normal Minecraft. Maybe mm. I don't know how much a story-based thing will change that. 
I don't think this is story based. I think it's more just. I think it's just a different type of gameplay, primarily. No, but this one's got a story. They they talked about well, they talked about you taking on was it the piglins? Mm. Like that's the story. Like you, you, and there's like a big bad piglin or whatever that person is. So that's kind of like the quote unquote premise. Yeah. Well, I just meant as in like I'm not sure it's about the story so much. You know? Oh no, no. Um, yeah. It's just like a strategy take on Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. Sort um, of like how Raving, what was it? not Raving Rabbits, like Mario and Rabbits, like mm. those games are like a a uh, a strategy take on Mario and X and um and the Rabbits games. So maybe this will be like the same same type of kind of crossover. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm curious about it, but I'm not really a, someone who plays strategy games or RTS games yeah. almost at all. Which I, f- I feel like I should play more than I do, <laughs> but I don't. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but that was yeah, that was Minecraft Legends um, appearance. Um, after that was Forza Motorsport, which you are Hell very yeah. excited for. Yes, I've been waiting for this since like it was like E3 2019 or whenever they announced it. Like they've been teasing it for a couple of years now, and it's a it's a it's a it's a much larger focus on the realistic racing aspect of Forza. So for like you know. The last few years have really been dominated by Forza Horizon, which is the open world, kind of need for speed, like arcade um, take on the Forza game. So using the same engine, but instead of you know racing on tracks, you're racing in, in an open world environment set in different countries. So this is great to see because... Uh, like The main thing with this is that this we're talking about all of the new tech that's powering... Forza Motorsport, and you know it's a big deal because it's um, the reboot. It's it's got rid of all the numbers and everything. I mean, the only thing that'll make it more of a reboot is if they put the word "the" at the front, just like <laughs> like everything else in Hollywood and, and gaming. But the way, way to think about it is that this was uh, like a tech showcase talking about what they've done to the game. So, number one, the physics, and the quote was. Quote, the advancements in our physics model are greater than Forza Motorsport 5, 6, and 7 combined. So Forza Motorsport 5 was a big leap in, like, uh, like the, the, the qual- like tire physics, the, the realistic feeling of everything um, within the game. A lot, a lot more kind of, like, feeling of being connected to a road rather than just being like, oh, you're, like, you're an object on top of a flat surface, which is mm. probably, like what most of those like kind of original Xbox and even Xbox 360 games were like. So Forza Motorsport 5, that was like the first big change in physics. Forza Motorsport 6 was uh, the introduction of wet races, but wet races where the physics, like aquaplaning was the big thing. You know, it's when, when water gets between your tire and the road and you kind of like, it's like you're driving on ice, you kind of lose control. So it kind of simulated that. Um, I, I found that it was a bit excessive. <laughs> like, it was clearly the like the big selling feature. So, they really went overboard. Like, you could be driving in a straight line, and then you just like fishtail out and then you go into the wall, and you just like keep rewinding to try and figure out how to drive. Um, and then number seven was when they introduced the controversial kind of career progression mode, where they gated a lot of new cars by, um, like, the amount of points you accumulated, as well as like. 
I think it was like not quite a battle pass, but it was like very heavy in the microtransactions. So people were ve- were definitely not happy about For- Forza Motorsport Seven. Uh, so was there any? There was there much change with physics though in that one? No, nah, I don't think it was much of a change. Okay. Yeah, th- not that I remember uh, at the time being talked about anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So now there's going to be better physics much more improved sound and especially taking advantage of like newest like 3d sound processes like i think it's called um windows sonic is what they call it and then that's like microsoft's version and then dolby atmos which essentially is instead of traditional surround sound you get a lot of you get you get surround sound from like side to side in front and behind whereas dolby atmos another 3d sound what they do is they also give you informa- sound information for above you and below you, which, like, in a game like... Like, I think Overwatch was the one that had it included on PC and I think, like, Xbox. So you'd be playing, like, say, a match of Forza and then, like, Farah would fly up in the air doing her super and, like, rain down rockets. So you'd hear her, like, start on the ground and then you'd hear her rocket up above you and you could you could actually tell... With, with just a regular pair of stereo headphones that there was some sort of change in height. So bringing that to, you know, a very visceral kind of action-like driving where you've got engine noise, crowd noise, the tire noise, and even the races around you. So there's a lot happening. Uh, number two, uh, sorry, uh, then you've got a lot more realistic paint and dirt simulation and this is going to be unique to each car. So they've even done like the different thicknesses and paint <laughs> will reflect light differently, will take scratches differently, um, and there's going to be realistic dirt buildup. So if you're driving, and especially if you're, you know, driving cars that have a lot of scoops and um, like kind of like cutouts and things like that, you'll see a lot more dirt buildup there. I think they they tend to be the areas. I think they said in the video that have lower pressure, so you'll get a lot more like buildup around that, which kind of makes sense. Like. If you look at the way race cars kind of go, you see like the leading edges of those areas will get a lot of the dirt. So this is just like crazy, (laughs) like crazy level of detail. Um, Dynamic time of day and weather with dynamic track temperatures. So dynamic time of day, I think Gran Turismo 7 had that, maybe Mm -hmm. even Sport. Um, So that's, that's not necessarily new for racing games, but it is new for Forza. It does say dynamic time of day, but they talked about how... um, like and, and dynamic weather like one lap will be different from another it's like okay yeah i understand like you want to have a dy- like you want to have dynamics but weather doesn't change like from one lap to lap like in like very extreme circumstances but like maybe if it's like okay if you do like a 10 lap race or more you'll see a change rather than like a like most single player races are like three to five laps right yeah it's not because <laughs> they, they also mentioned dynamic track temperatures a lot of use yeah. of the word dynamic, as you noted. Yes, very um, dynamic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of moving Where no parts. two laps will ever look the same, and no two laps will feel the same. With like the quotes. From yeah, because the I think so, they mentioned. Yeah. I think the idea with the weather and temperatures, with the like not looking the same, is the impact on tires from the way yes, they talked yes. about it. Like that's and I, I like even then it's just like you're right. Like I don't think you anyone would could notice that much. But you I know, will, it's like it's yeah. just it's interesting. Like it's a cool feature. I think the the thing to keep in mind, like the overall, uh, I'll talk about it a little bit later, but um, 
the this is a lot more like borrowing from the, like hardcore uh, sims hardcore racing simulation games like i racing that do have rubbering in like the the track will change the temperature will affect the way your tires react to the ground as well as the amount of rubber that's been laid down things like that so i think this is definitely going after that really hardcore racer mm-hmm. who's looking for an experience that's much more polished and like easy to navigate than than those like really hardcore sims uh the second th- that like the, the crazy thing is that it's gonna have it's targeting 4k native running at 60 frames per second and i presume this would be on xbox series x and on pc not on series s because that frankly doesn't have the power yeah um, yeah so it's gonna have real-time race ray tracing in two areas so number one it's gonna have it in the um like the amp like the ambient occlusion so like you'll see shadows like everything will make sense from the perspective of like you know if you're like the color of the sky will reflect off will reflect onto the racetrack and that'll reflect onto the car so like you'll you'll get realistic reflections and uh, realistic kind of like lighting everywhere like things won't just like magically the problem with a lot of games is that like say a ga- an area that's meant to be in shadow will just m- will just be f- like weirdly lit up with a weird glow that where where there's no light around it but it's just because the way the game renders light that it just adds light everywhere whereas like with ray tracing you'll see like okay if you're in shadow you're in shadow there's no light that's going to be with you so you know door frames are going to have realistic shadows you're going to see the cockpit in the car will have realistic shadows um, and then this is also going to have realistic reflections. Um, so like mirrors, flat surfaces, glass, all that's going to reflect the world realistically rather than kind of like faking it as the way they've been doing it before. The main difference between this and the ray tracing implementation in Forza Horizon 5 was Forza Horizon 5 only had real-time ray tracing for reflections and only in like the Forza Vista mode, which is the mode where you just inspect your car. You couldn't actually run gameplay with ray tracing on. Okay. I think the engine at that stage just wasn't optimized to make that work effectively on the Xbox. Well, it's an open world part as well, I imagine. Yeah, the open world didn't have any ray tracing at all. Yeah. So no, I mean, as in, in like, this one. is an open world, so I'm sure that helps. Yeah. Um, even though it's not open world, they still are rendering, like, things in the background. Like, one of the examples they gave was, like, okay, you're racing at night on this track. You'll see the city in the background and you'll see all the lights. So, all of that will be visible from the track and, like, can be realistic in the way that it'll, it'll kind of, like, provide atmosphere. So, really, really excited about that. Um, there's going to be a, a, a car-building-focused single-player career, which is the quote they provided. Didn't really get much else in terms of gameplay, but maybe it'll be, like... I don't know. Like it's been a while since I played like a non-Horizon game, and the Horizon games just always throw cars at you. Whereas maybe you might, this might be more focused on, hey, you've got a set budget, you can't buy every single car, so you're gonna have to like upgrade this car to make it fast enough to go into the next round of races. And like you kind of, you build an attachment with the cars because you actually spend a long time with them rather than just rotating in and out. So yeah, that could be like a really cool. Yeah, because that's um that's actually exactly what Need for Speed Unbound did, like the most recent mm. one. Like that's what that one's about. Like that one's mixed in a few ways, as I understand it. Especially as the game continues, but especially in the early hours, you pick a car, and the way to get 
and you like you're constantly losing the initial races so you're yeah. spending what little money you make on upgrading your car to get so you're bet yeah like like you said it's like you're spending most of your time with a single car or just a few cars rather than constantly switching up which i think is better yeah like i love that idea a lot like yeah. it's um and not many games do it because i played forza horizon 3 recently which i mentioned yeah. recently and you'll change cars pretty constantly yeah and every, also, and every time i upgrade i just kind of use some loadout that someone's made already because it's like oh this <laughs> works because like yeah. i don't understand any of it either so it's like um which i it probably won't change here to be honest but um mm. but it's, I, I, I like they, yeah like i like the idea to of, explain it better now like yeah there's I, think, I think it's just never it, gonna yeah. work on me <laughs> like i just yeah. don't have <laughs> the knowledge but it's um yeah no that is like that that part stuck it stood out to me was the idea yeah. of it's like oh that might actually be fun to play rather than yeah. just i don't i actually don't know how forza's careers usually are uh, to be honest but yeah like it, it went from being like okay you go into this championship to this next championship like you're doing well to like i think it eventually just became like a series of menus which is never as fun i think it'll be much better when it's um when it goes back to being a bit more of a career and building you up and building your skills and being like okay you've uh you want to go to the next round of championships prove you can win it in like you know a, a four-cylinder front-wheel drive car you know win the win the mini cooper championship and then we'll talk about the nissan championship or something like yeah. that could be cool mm-hmm. um yeah because like that's what the because that's sort of like what project cars did like you know you can start off as like a go-kart racer and then go from there so this, yeah. this could be this could be uh like another take on that especially because they already have the like the Forza Horizon games are kind of packed with the voice acting and all these different characters that kind of guide you throughout. So they, I didn't see why that couldn't be brought over to here and more of like a, okay, you've got a racing, you've got like a manager who trains, who like, you know, gets you, oh, uh, I've earned you, a, uh, I've earned you a, a trial for this racing team. Beat this score or better to get selected. You know what I mean? That could be really mm. cool. I really wish some of these modes were more sandbox feeling because i think that's what gran turismo has historically been good at which i also not fully aware of but it's just like because i played horizon 3 recently and that mm. game is like is free to like has much freedom as that game usually has it's really annoyingly handholdy in like yeah. especially the start and codemasters games are also a lot like that and it's just yeah. like i'm really sick of race games doing that because it's like especially in racing games because i feel like they're kind of the most direct sort of gameplay genre like or one of the most you know it's like mm. okay i press the button and my car goes forward and then i turn and like then i try to win um but it's just like you know like most of these games are like they're trying to keep you so rigidly on like this is the path forward you have to keep on the like we're gonna hold your hand until the dialogue's finished and then it's just like there's so much like that's just trying to i don't know it, like it doesn't feel liberating especially that was what surprised me about horizon as an open world mm. thing just like it's constantly like not letting go of you for so long and it's anyway well my point yeah. is like i'd really like I'd, i really wish the racing genre had a bit more innovation in career um like design because that's yeah. something i think um yeah that's why unbound was interesting to me like hearing about the reception of that where it's like again i'm not sure if that game was meant to be amazing but that is like it sounds like the most interesting the need for speed series has been in years yeah and it's like i really definitely. hope they build on it yeah, because like I think the 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 thing with like Need for Speed and Need for Speed Heat, which were the the last couple of games, is that I think even the basic racing didn't feel good, like the driving, and I think yeah. that's what people really like about 
Unbound. I was trying to remember what it was called. <laughs> so I think from what I've heard, yeah, you're right. Like it's not like blowing anyone away, but they're like, why did EA completely just shit this out? Because it's actually a competent game. <laughs> like yeah. it got it got announced and released within, I think a month and a half. Mm. Yeah, they seem very unsure of it. <laughs> like I think they yeah. kind of thought of it as a gamble. Where it's like, oh, if it does better than I expect, that's good. If it doesn't, yeah, like, whatever, we weren't expecting. Yeah, well, like we'll we were expect. Ace. Yeah, yeah, like we were prepared for disappointment, maybe because they just kind of tweaked a lot of stuff that they weren't sure how they're going to be received. I guess something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they still paid money to get Rihanna's baby daddy on the cover, like ASAP Rocky, the rapper. He's like the star. Like he's like the main. I don't know. He's like your like your guru or like the leader of your crew or something. I don't I don't know what the thing is, but like. All the marketing and stuff around it was like, okay, you you own this experience is yours. These cars mean so much. Everyone's got their favorite car, and you choose your car, and you you basically do whatever you want with it, make it your own. And then it's just like that was it. And then it came out, and even like listening to all the podcasts in the industry, people just like, oh, by the way, Need for Speed came out. <laughs> mm. I feel like that's happening with a lot of bigger games nowadays. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't have it. Right? No, <laughs> oh. I just I just heard of and read a bit about it. Like it was um very interesting to me, but it's maybe um, you could get a maybe you could get pay one dollar for Xbox Game Pass and try it through the EA Play trial thing. <laughs> yeah, because I think it's like ten hours, which sounds like the better part of the game. So it's like I might as well, especially really. now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like okay, yeah, a ten hour game that seems like that's like I don't even think mobile games are that short now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, like for me. Okay, I know we talked about. I know I suggested that we do the, you know, which we'll go through everything briefly and then we'll reflect. But it's like yeah. we're already here. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this is, this is the first. This is the first game that actually justifies the new hardware, for me, because. Okay, I, okay maybe second because I think. Okay, so what is it? Ratchet and Clank. The what? The one that came out last year, Rift Apart. Was it Rift Apart? The one that came out like last year or, or the year before was like that. The whole thing about that it was that you can shift between different dimensions that have completely different looks instantaneously because it's taking advantage of the PS5's like super fast. SSD storage, like flash storage, right? So that was like something that literally could not be done on the previous consoles. With the new Forza Motorsport game, the ray tracing, the physics, like the dynamics of all that, the audio, that stuff that you couldn't do on the previous consoles. So this is like, I think from a visual perspective, the first game that looks like like it needed this new generation of consoles. Right. And the new, like, we, we've we both upgraded to, like, graphics cards that support ray trace or, like, you know, newer graphics cards. Like, this could be one of the first, this could be, like, the first game that actually justifies that that upgrade. Hmm. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, because like, I'm, mm, I don't know, Forza feels like a game that would definitely have, like, lower versions anyway, so I'm sure you could play it on. Yeah. Yeah, especially but on Series is, S, yeah. but... um. Yeah, because like the Forza games are usually very well optimized, and the benefit for you is that okay, yes, you don't have like a super du- like you don't have the top of the range graphics card, but at 1080, you could probably play with the ray tracing on and get 60. Hmm. 
So yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. something that you could, you know, you could mess around with and just see, like, or even if it's like running at 30 frames per second, like at least that'll still be smooth. You know what I mean? Whereas like if you had like an older graphics card or something, it probably would struggle. It, it probably it wouldn't it wouldn't run it <laughs> realistically. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm 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 super duper excited for it. Like this is the most hyped I am for a game besides Hi-Fi Rush, and that's that's and that's a game I only heard about today. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they're so jazzed about that one actually. But um, did you want to get? Do you want me to explain it, or do you want to? How about you explain it, and I'll um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so Hi-Fi Rush is the new game from Tango Gameworks. They're the ones who made the Evil Within games. Um, and Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah, everyone forgot about that one. <laughs> I actually still want to play it, but it's like it, it really did kind of pass by. Um, wow, harsh. I don't even think it was but that true, harsh. But true, but true. But it's... Yeah. Um, yeah, so Hi-Fi Rush is a new rhythm action game. It's basically a 3D brawler, except there's kind of your actions are constantly syncing up with this ever-present soundtrack and beat in the background. Um, And it's not really... And it's like, unlike other rhythm games, your, your game, like, what you do isn't, like, constrained by the music. Like, you're... It's more that the music kind of forms around you. But you can... But if you play to the beat of the music, you kind of, you know, get bonuses for it. So it's a little more kind of... um, symbiotic or you know like it kind of plays off each other in a way that yeah. is a little less common i think 100 percent. um it kind of looks like it plays a little like dmc but a lot more accessible and straightforward or like not straightforward mm. but like yeah just basic like i imagine because dmc is really a uh, demo cry yeah uh, it's very complex um as i think a, it make i think you'd have to make it easier because of that added rhythm component oh definitely but i was like it def, def, it watching the trailer it definitely felt like it looked like it played relatively easily. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it felt like it was meant to be more like, you know, it wasn't, it didn't feel like difficulty was even slightly a part of the yeah. appeal of the game, you know, um, the like the rest of it is like kind of the visuals, which I, I, I found the cell shading very impressive. It looks beautiful, right? Yeah. Like, it, like, it, like really it, nice. it doesn't have that Fortnite thing where like, or yeah. like, cause anime characters are in Fortnite and like you get anime skins that have cell shading, but it always looks, it doesn't look yeah. right from different. Yeah. This looks it's closer to how um, flat. I think. I think. I think. Um, Fortnite's got this weird, like, filter on it or something that doesn't well, work. Well, I think a part of it is like a lot of it is like down to like facial features and other parts of the models having like yeah like flat surfaces almost. So as you yeah. bend them around, as then they're changing, they're almost yeah. like sprites. Um, yes. But it's so it's like this one looks a little closer to how Arc System works does Guilty Gear yeah. and fi- like Dragon Ball Fighters and stuff where it looks a lot smoother, um, which um, like it's really impressive from what's been shown off. So um, and I'm not sure how much there is else there is about it um, other than that it's yeah. suddenly released it's out. <laughs> yeah, because I think it was like it was slightly it was like rumored in the last couple lower. of days. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think there was any. As far as I was aware, there wasn't really any details about it, other than that yeah. Tango was making it or like something like that. As I was going to bed, like as I was going to sleep last night, I saw like, oh hey, Tango Gameworks' next game got leaked. It's called Hi-Fi Rush. Oh, okay. It was like, like a logo, like it was just like the the game logo and stuff. And then, and then I went to sleep, and then I woke up, and this was it was live. So I watched mm. this, and I was like, holy shit! Like, okay, number like. The way I'd describe it is the Jet Set games from like the Dreamcast slash Xbox when it comes to like that stylized, cel shaded look. 
mixed with Crypt of the Necrodancer because I think that one was also like a rhythm based. Um, like that, that's world. actually a good example yeah. of what like that one's very much constrained by the music, you know. Yeah. Like if you don't play it according to the music, you like are you, losing. You are. Where you this are one's close. actually a bit more, you know, looser with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like more yeah. mainstream. So mm. it's like this plus that mixed with Devil May Cry, and I think like, and I, I didn't mind the humor. I think it was like, like I know it was like kind of cheesy, but I think that the voice actors did a good job of selling it. Yeah, it like, looks charming yeah. enough. It doesn't look. Yeah, it look. Yeah, it looks charming. Yeah. Yeah. And the 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 thing that really stood out to me, I don't know if you noticed, but like, like uh, Shinji Mikami, who's the the founder of Tango GameWorks, you know, kind of one of the the leads on Resident Evil. I think it was four. Like, you know, he's he's kind of like he was the survival horror guy before, and then he founded Tango GameWorks. He was the lead on I think the Evil Within games. But the cool thing about it is that he actually like this game is being directed by John something. Like the the guy in the video alongside him, and yeah, he actually Joe said, Hart "Hey, something. Yeah. yeah," and he's just like, "Hey, this is your game. You talk about it." And I think it's really cool when like someone who's like a studio head like that, like, is willing to give a chance to the people around them and be like, "Okay, pitch a game. Let's let's make it." And that's mm. when you get games like this coming out, which are really cool. Yeah, because um, that was the same director as the one who worked on Evil Within Two, because he directed the DLC for the first game. Then he yeah. took over directing duties with the second, and I'm not sure who was on um, Ghostwire, but I don't that, think Shinji yeah. directed that one either. No, it was that lady. Remember that lady who was like, uh, who got "Oh no, she, no!" Because she left. She like, left, it had to be, but she started yeah. it. She was the lead before. Yeah, and then she left. So yeah, so probably not Shinji overall though. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I just remember that meme from that. Like everyone loved it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because um, I think she's got something going up in separate yeah. studio now, but I don't think we'll hear about it for a while. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's available now on PC and Xbox. And if you've got Xbox Game Pass or PC Game Pass, it's actually already there. I took advantage of another one of those $1 one-month offers, so I've I've already downloaded it. Can't wait to, to play it later. Like, I'm really hoping that it's really good because, like, I love rhythm games. Like, I love the Rhythm Paradise series or Rhythm Heaven if you're... In the, around the uh, rest of the world and um, like the old Wendan games back in the day you know Elite Beat Agents that was so much fun so mm. this is, this would be like a like I think a, a nice treat if you if you missed games like that um, yeah do you want I'm me to curious about how, yeah oh, I, I can go through the rest of it oh, okay. um, yeah <laughs> because there isn't actually a ton um, next game was Elder Scrolls Online's the next expansion called Necrom um, it's set for June 20 it's a new class called Arcanist um, and but the trailer, like the segment, was mostly just a promo for the game overall. Like it felt like a new players are welcome sort of thing. More primarily, yeah. there wasn't much on the new expansion, which was, it was actually kind of informative because I I definitely didn't know much about the game. I just knew there was a lot of it. Um, but it's yeah. So that wasn't that, as far as I knew. No, that wasn't a ton of new information on that one, uh, other than I assume the title of the expansion um, and a few other bits. And um, after that was the a kind of lengthy overview of Redfall, which is um, Arcane. Is it Arcane? Yeah, like um, yeah. their new game. So developer of Deathloop and Dishonored yeah. and um, Prey. So this is their new like open world shooter, kind of about taking down vampires that have taken over this small town that looks a lot like Maine, like Stephen King's hometown. <laughs> like yeah. I think it's kind of the it's same like a vibe. Fictional Washington. I think it's yeah. like a fictional Washington or something like town or mm. city. 
yeah so it's um i think it was like new release date which i think it was also kind of leaked some a bit ago but I, anyway but it's releasing on may 2nd um but it kind of just runs through a lot of feature of the game i think a lot of it wasn't like hasn't been completely um explained before yeah as far as i'm aware um but it like a lot of not much of it is like brand new information otherwise like a lot of it's just kind of fleshing out stuff we've already been introduced to um yeah Otherwise, and, and, yeah, because this was the this is the studio, this is the Austin, Texas studio that made Prey, right? Um, I think that's yeah, that's the probably. one developing this. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's um yeah, so I'm I'm personally pretty excited for it. Not like incredibly so. Like I'm I'm very I'm apprehensive with it, but I like Arcane's output a lot. Um, yeah. so I'm curious to see how it goes. But it's um, because one thing I was thinking about a lot during the trailer is that. When it was originally announced, there was kind of leaks of um, test build footage, which mm. kind of revealed that there seemed to be like loot drops in it. Yeah. Um. And weapon. And this one, sh- the trailer shows it. it shows it. But I, yeah. I found like, but like ever since that, there was kind of an understanding that like, okay, this is Borderlands more or less. Yeah. Like it's a, a sim- very similar idea, like concept. But and I've noticed like ever since that happened, it feels like they've really sh- been sidestepping that fact like i'm I'm very curious to know just how heavy a part loot is in the game because i i feel like they're really underplaying it as like a central role in it which i'm not like i'm I'm more curious about i'm not saying they're lying uh, or anything because we don't know but it like it definitely makes me think it's like okay is loot like just an occasional thing like where you're kind of picking up a new item that does like a whole bunch of new stuff or you're getting like is it like neo or borderlands where you're picking up one and it's like oh cool it's got plus one strength nothing else and it's like yeah. you know, like, like i'm guessing it's the former from yeah. the way they're explaining it but i've noticed they really haven't been mentioning it much they've been talking about everything else in the game yeah because like in the in the tr- in like the gameplay they showed today it was like okay the, the character picks up a game up uh, picks up sorry the character picks up a weapon and it kind of like inspects it like they look at it Mm. And they like make a comment and then they move forward, which to me hints at the fact that it's not a Borderlands, not necessarily like a Borderlands thing where it's like, oh, I just swap the weapon and the other one just falls to the ground and they're just, some numbers went up and, and it's a different color and you just move forward. So that's why I think it's a little bit different. And I think it's probably also informed by the fact that I think people were kind of getting tired of the like loot style mechanics being forced into like traditionally single player games yeah. like that's exactly Assassin's what I was Creed. thinking yeah and was it like and Gotham, Gotham Knights, Knights? yeah <laughs> yeah and and what was the one like was it um is it what, what's is no what's the one that's coming up that like is it Suicide Squad game where oh, yeah. people saw it has a battle pass like you know <laughs> like I'm sure this this video was produced a while ago so maybe it's just more of the latter sorry the former than the latter like it's it's more just about hey maybe people are just tired, but having to worry about loot in a single player game. So let's not highlight the fact that there is in there. Just let people experience it for themselves and make up their own minds. I think. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. It feels like they're trying to emphasize arcane specific traits. Yeah, you know, kind of like you know, this is the same lineage. Like this is like even more or less said it in by the from the developers in it, mm. saying it's like this is definitely the games we make. You know, it's just a little different, um, which yeah, is like. It's I, I very see it. Yeah, it's like um, I, I was kind of I was just thinking though, like because I don't I, I'm certain you didn't play it, but like it reminded me a lot of um, Wolfenstein Youngblood, which mm. is the Wolfen like the co-op game that um, Arcane actually helped with. 
Like it reminded me a little bit of that in the sense that it's kind of got a bunch of RPG numbers attached to gameplay that doesn't necessarily that didn't have it in the first place. You know, yeah. or like you know how like I didn't. I'm actually not sure I've even seen gameplay of it, but I remember how like Far Cry New Dawn came out. That was like Five's kind of B side, but it had like damage numbers and loot and stuff in it. Um, do you remember that at all? Oh, uh, was that the one? Was it New Dawn? Yeah, I think no. so. The one that was set after Five. Yeah. Oh, anyway, Which my point is like yeah, it's yeah. kind of like the adding those one. RPG. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's like adding those RPG features to. Mm, core gameplay yep. that didn't originally have it um so it's i don't know i guess my point is like i'm curious to see how redfall actually is because it does feel like I, I i think it looks fun i'm kind of i'm really hoping it does support single player well enough which is mm. also true of youngblood i found um but it's like um yeah i'm, I'm i don't know yeah i'll just return to that word i used earlier apprehensive yeah you're apprehensive cautiously yeah. optimistic yeah, yeah, because I I trust that Arcane makes good games. I don't think they've really yeah. made any bad ones, but this is very much a very mainstreamy sort of take on it, like on yeah. a game for them. Because I really love the vampire and stuff and the setting, and like I like a lot of it, but yeah. it's yeah not fully on board yet. Which uh, so I'll probably use my Game Pass dollar thing for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, it it's got that um. It's got the thing that, like, you know, the Warzone DMZ and the Division, like, I feel like even, like, the Left 4 Dead games had where it's like, okay, you've finished your mission, now there's, like, a final objective that you have to escape, and and that's kind of something they hinted at where, like, you know, the, the vampire gods summon, like, this, like, end boss so that after you finish a level, you need to, like, defeat it to escape. With, like, yeah, the I think they're, like, like, yeah, yeah, they're, like, dungeons or basically that sounds yeah. like but you have to escape them at the end which is exactly yeah, i forgot about those yeah what were they called like not lairs or hives or something like that oh i think it's hive okay it a lair? Oh, i don't man. know it's something it's a word <laughs> like that is what i meant yeah it's um but it's yeah. but like yeah they like the trailer kind of introduced a lot of new um new features that we didn't know about already i yeah. kept using like different words for different special vampires like rook and um, I forgot what the one were in the dungeons were because they had a unique name as well. And then there's vampire gods. I, I just like, remember cultists. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's um. And then they had like the, like the then had like the zombie looking thing with the with the red blood sack that pops. Mm. It's um yeah so yeah anyway it's, but that was it's um, definitely more in the death loop and prey vein of things than the dishonored just because I think I think. It it, it, does, it doesn't look like it's got the traversal capabilities of the Dishonored series. It's more focused on like kind of the run and gun. Yeah, it's the, not. There doesn't seem to be much stealth games. qualities to it this time. Yeah, compared to previous games, but it's um <laughs> yeah. But overall, that was the final game of the of the showing. There wasn't actually a ton to it. I was expecting a little more, but it, yeah. it was it was a good showcase. It's coming out soon. It's like it's coming out in like just over three months. So I think there's maybe they're just gonna like go radio silent from here and just like knuckle down and get the game out because lord knows people have had enough of games launching sh- like poorly <laughs> I think. yeah that'd be nice but it's like um yeah but i met the whole director though it's like yeah. there wasn't quite as much in it that i thought there might be but it was a good it was a good think, like yeah, breadth of I games i thought i think it was the best showing microsoft had since like 2021 probably or something like i can't think of the last time they had like a solid showing because 
2022 was a really bad year for first party Microsoft. Like I can't even think of what came out last year. Mm. Like, yeah, I, I I'm not going to bother trying. <laughs> yeah, and I but think the financials a... reflected that because console sales were down. Were they? Okay, yeah. I don't remember. But it's um, it, it, that just came out like a couple of days ago. So like, it's not in our new story here. Like, I think everyone's kind of facing a bit of a down downturn, except mm. Nintendo. <laughs> but that's just because Nintendo is Nintendo. Yeah, but it's um, yeah, it was like a yeah. kind of it was concise and direct, I and really there wasn't too it. much in it, and they kind of spent a good amount of time on each one. Um, yeah so it's like i don't know yeah like it felt uh, more satisfying than yeah. usual direct is i think just in general too yeah i i think i saw rumors people saying like oh there's going to be a new um like the team be like it's going to be a new bethesda game show and i'm like yeah nah like starfield's like it's like full steam ahead on starfield and who knows like, do you think it's worrying that we didn't l- learn more about Starfield? Because that's meant to come out this year, isn't it? Oh, they they've said a couple of weeks ago or something that it wasn't going to be on this showcase and that it's getting yeah. its own thing sometime okay. soonish. I don't know. <laughs> I, I yeah, don't have a ton of November. faith in that game, to be honest. But that's <laughs> I, I think I'm just kind of in that space with Bethesda games and a number of yeah. things. I don't know. No, especially since they said, especially since they said yeah. that it was going to be like Cyberpunk potentially you know in terms of like launch originally where it's just like yeah. oh it's got to be really bad if we release it now it's like okay i won't, okay, <laughs> I won't. Okay, i'll we'll keep wait. my expectations low so it'll be a bethesda game gotcha <laughs> yeah um no yeah well no that's that's good I, th- I think it's a good solid showing like for me realistically it's it's forza and high rush i i don't play Elder scrolls i don't play minecraft redfall seems cool maybe i'll get it like if it's on Game Pass, yeah, I'd definitely give it a go with you. Like, I'd yeah, yeah, we'll just because that's the thing. Yeah. Like ga- games like this, I feel like live or die by the co-op experience. Well, that's the thing. It's like co-op is like it. It depending on the game, but it tends to like rank up a game's quality. <laughs> you know, in yeah. the mind, yeah. Which I think is like it's, but it's like it's not something that should like determine a quality of a game. You know, it should be able to sit. I yeah. don't know. I get what you mean there. Yeah, because cause like for me, like I play a lot of Destiny and like games like that, when you play with co-op, it's a lot of fun because you just like, you help each other out, you call each other out, like you, your abilities kind of, you can kind of make up for each other's builds and, you know, you can empower each other, buff each other and like, you know, stagger the enemy. You can do a lot of stuff like that. That's a lot of fun. Mm. Whereas, whew, like playing Destiny from a like when it's just me on my own like if it's just like not a story thing or even if it's like a story thing like in between the cutscenes or in between the dialogue i'll have a podcast on <laughs> yeah you yeah know, it's like one of those games so who knows um yeah may's not far away like I- i'd definitely give it a go if you're if you're going to give it a go like it'll be it'll be cool yeah definitely um i will also mention as well it's like it wasn't in the direct but goldeneye trip 007 um, which I think we mentioned. In, I don't remember what it was, it was announced, announced originally. Last year. Yeah, yeah. But it's like um, that's coming to Switch Online expansion pack and Xbox Game Pass on January 27. So yeah. on Friday or Saturday here in Australia. But just on consoles, not on PC. I don't think. Yeah, it's on I guess PC, so. Yeah. yeah, but it's um, yeah. So that's also happening for people mm. who <laughs> want to play that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
So, well, we're going to pivot from uh, some really exciting developments in the game industry to a bit more of a bummer uh, following on from last week. We've had some more layoffs that have been happening across the, the games and I guess entertainment kind of coverage industry as a whole. So uh, first, first off, late last week, we got the news that Fandom which recently acquired Giant Bomb, GameSpot, and Metacritic. Uh, according to Variety, they laid off about 10% of its 500 staff at the time, so roughly about 50 people across different sites. So Giant Bomb, GameSpot, and Metacritic were the worst hit, like like full-on like full on editors of these places were gone. And like for me, like GameSpot and Giant Bomb are really close to my heart because they're the websites that I, GameSpot's what I grew up with when I was younger, and then Giant Bomb's kind of like the the go-to place that I that I was at for like probably like however long it, w- it was like fourteen years or something ridiculous like that. So it's um yeah, it's a shame that these these. Like these layoffs are continuing to go, and it and it just makes it harder and harder for people to justify, you know, running a games like running like the coverage of the entertainment industry. Like, I think journalism as a whole is just becoming less and less lucrative. It's not like it's not like these people were getting paid a lot anyway, and now they they're struggling to find keep keep the jobs they already have. It's 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 a bit disheartening. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just really sad. I don't know. Like, it's not really. I don't have a ton to say about it other than it just makes me more and more. Just like yeah. the writing, game, video game writing scene, which I think it applies to a lot of industries. But game makes a lot of sense why it would be so in such a dire straight like state mm. right now because it's, it's so much more focused on video content and streaming yeah. and just like a lot of like there aren't a ton of video game players who want to read a lot, you know? Yeah. And and that's where like the independent content creators and like kind of influencers and and stuff are doing well. Like I mean, video game Donkey like brought out a publishing label and has announced a partnership to publish his first game. Like you know, it's uh, like even even people who are just like purely from the entertainment side of things are now getting they're, they're having their cake and eating it too in a way. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so it's, it's um yeah. So following this, we had layoffs at Vox, um, which also uh, laid off about uh, 7% of its workforce, and that included people at Vox itself, The Verge, and, and The New York Magazine. So The Verge, uh, and also the Vo- and Vox, like, they've done a lot of, like, The Verge has a regular video game column, and Vox, I, th- I think The Verge, Wape, no, that that was a vice. Sorry, and The Verge like has like does a lot of good video game reporting, and Vox does like those mini documentaries on on like classic games and on on games like that. Like it's 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 sad because we we lose a lot of those you know the talent behind that and the the people who are really pushing to cover a lot of the history of our industry. Mm. So you know maybe it'll be like people like Daniel Dwyer at like No Clip and stuff to kind of continue the continue the trend uh, the next set of layoffs was uh, 284 people were let go at Unity which if you recall uh, laid off about 200 just over 200 people a few months ago even after 
the CEO said that they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of going, we're not doing this again. And, and then, then doing it. Yeah. And then finally, we had Riot Games laying off some people. Like, this was just... Uh, this was also, like, over the weekend. People about... I think, uh, according to this, according to IGN, 46 people were let go um, at uh, Riot Games, which is most famous for League of Legends, Valorant, and the upcoming Project L. I think it's still called Project L. Yeah, so mm. that's... Um, everyone who's been affected, that's... It's very tough. It's a very tough gig. Like, it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy time to be working in, in a lot of these tech and entertainment industries, but... At the end of the day, like I think most of the people will find work again because for every mega, mega game company like Riot Games, I'm sure there's like a you know, like they've got four and a half thousand people around the world. I'm sure there's going to be like a another smaller studio, medium-sized studio with a couple of hundred people that would be more than happy to take on some very experienced developers and and crew. So mm. who knows? Yes, um, yeah, the ga- like the ones who are actually like game developers, it's hard to. It's like they always seem yeah. like that's like oh they'll probably land somewhere fine, though I'm sure those jobs are becoming harder to find right now. Yeah. But it's you know, it's like the writers and the media people are the ones who are just like oh that's gonna be tough maybe, depending. Yeah. But it's um yeah. yeah, and and also the other thing is another layoff or oh, resignation I think was uh, one of the leads on War- World of Warcraft Classic, who's been at Blizzard for more, almost 20 years, just resigned because he refused to give, like, bad like bad reviews of his staff to kind of fulfill, I think, what they call corporate stacking. Like, I think it's just a way to get rid of multiple people by just saying they're performing poorly. Like, he right. that was, like, his protest. He's like, fuck you, I'm not doing that, and he resigned. Yeah, that was a, there was a Twitter thread that he made not yeah. long after that where like yeah. i think he kind of disputed it a little bit like that basic story like it was it was yeah. like somewhat true but he's also just saying like it basically it just coming time. down hard yeah yeah like he was like coming down hard on activision blizzard like abk and yeah. like how they've been operating as a parent company i think this is been... the last straw probably for for someone like that yeah which is um yeah i don't know it's i'm hoping blizzard's in a better place culturally than it was a year or two ago yeah. currently but it's um it's, yeah i oh know it's like you know it still sucks for everyone involved to lose their jobs and just be impacted by these kind of <laughs> yeah um, these strategies you know and then we also had uh the news that the head of like the, the, basically the one person left at 343 industries who was uh, like super familiar with the slip space engine that the game is based like running on which uh I don't know what that means for the developers going forward because if the one person who was like who knew the thing inside out is gone and you've got a whole bunch of people who aren't as experienced with it and you're already working on a game that's struggling for content and to like kind of update and be refreshed like this is like I don't know if Halo Infinite can survive another year like you know that whole idea of oh we're going to do like an ongoing 10 year project like I think that's gone oh yeah that part it definitely is because there was some like there was rumors about like the campaign team being oh no we talked about that one but there was some follow-up that i don't remember now anyway like they're 343's in a tough position and it seems to be getting tougher Um, because it was like yeah sorry sorry, i just remembered yeah there was rumors that like halo was basically being taken away from them 
in, mm. in terms of being like an active developer, like they were going to be like custodians or something. And then yeah. they then they made some like Twitter posts saying like kind of refuting it, but not actually sides. Like it actually ended up sidestepping a lot of the actual details of that rumor. Convenient. Which makes, yeah, which makes the thing it's like, oh, maybe it is happening. Like it be, basically being that Halo develop, like they're going to kind of shop around the brand to other developers instead of keeping it with 343 exclusively. So it's, um yeah, we'll see how that goes, I guess. But it's, um anyway, sorry, what were you saying? No, just, oh, um I was just thinking like, this is something that's, because I was kind of looking into like, what the hell's going on with Destiny and stuff. What's going on with this? So, <laughs> but the engine that powers, so the 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 engine that Bungie de, uh, is using for the Destiny games is called the Tiger Engine, right? The game engine that Three Four Three Industries has made since Halo Four, like you know, the the slip space engine that they're using for Halo Infinite, both trace back to the engine used in Halo One. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm. and so you're kind of building on building. You, you, so in the industry, they call it tech debt, which is when you, a lot of the problems you're, f- like a lot of the issues you're facing now is because you're you're reliant, you are the consequences of decisions made during the development or the implementation of technology before you, right? So decisions made when Halo 1 was new affect you know that engine going through to like halo reach like apparently the the destiny engine was like developed during the when bungie was working on halo reach so like that may like destiny has like there's it's famously like known that the engine is very difficult to work with and very slow and cumbersome it's very difficult to make changes Hell, they had to remove half the game's content because it couldn't handle it. Like, the engine just couldn't handle having that many things happening. Right. right. So, if the Halo engine is got a similar kind of background, I, I, I've, it's pretty reasonable to see why it takes so long for content to come out or why it is so difficult to optimize or to, to you know, implement new, new ideas and, and, and fix things. So... I, I was it's thinking something similar earlier, but it's like I was thinking, it's like, is Slipstream? I oh, know, maybe it does. I know. I was just kind of thinking about how, like, well, Slipstream has like, well, Halo Infinite has Forge mode in it, and that seems like an incredibly, like, you know, incredibly, uh, you know, product of that engine. So I was yeah. kind of wondering, it's like, oh, I wonder if they. I mean, I could, they could still definitely have similar problems. I'd kind of have to in some ways, yeah. I imagine. But it's, um, yeah, I was kind of wondering how how similar their situations might be in terms of engine. Like if they actually are having a lot of trouble engine wise and that's like hurting a lot of 343's, um, you know, content pipeline. Um, yeah, that's not good that they lost that person who was really good at managing that engine. Um, 100%. Yeah, but yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, it, it, can't, it can't be good. So I'm guessing 343's just going to kind of get slower in some respects maybe, but we'll see. I yeah. guess. I get you. That's the thing. Like now that Bungie is owned by Sony, I think it's time for a new engine. Maybe use that Guerrilla Games engine that Horizon and Death Stranding use. Like that. Hopefully, that seven billion dollars that you know Sony <laughs> invested in Bungie means that they can get a new engine. 
Like, mm. yeah, because like yeah. Bungie are making a new IP now, right? Like, that have been, yeah, so maybe that's on something else. Oh, I, I hope I so. really hope it <laughs> is. Plus, yeah. that's not even to mention the, the mobile game that they're working on with, I think it's NetEase that they oh, announced okay. like a, a while ago. Right. So who knows? Maybe it'd be Destiny on the phone. It'll be, it'll be a, a pachinko, like, gotcha game, but dead Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, from there, we'll move on to the last story, which um, I think we'll kind of go through quick because we've been running a bit long. Um, yeah, sorry. That's <laughs> not good. Um, but it's like, it, it's not, it shouldn't take too long anyway. Um, the previously announced game day before, um, there's been a, a bit of an update on it recently. Um, bit of shady vibes coming from it still. Um, yeah, so basically to introduce the game, because I, I barely remembered it when this news broke out. The day before is an upcoming survival MMO from Fantastic, I guess. I was thinking, it was like, is it Fantastic or Fantastic? Because it's missing the vowel between F and N. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't want to. But I didn't look it up because it doesn't seem worth it. Uh, but it's like, it seems it's a survival MMO that's basically, from the looks of it, a Last of Us version of DayZ. It looks very, that seems kind of what the vibe they're going for, including the logo, which is very shamelessly ripped in style from The Last of Us. Um, so since its announcement in 2021, um, Fantastic has had a controversy Had a controversy last year where they asked volunteers to help on the game. And apparently the studio, which is based in South Korea, um, they have 100 internal full-time um, paid employees and 40 unpaid supporters that help with testing, moderation, and localization, which is kind of, which is like, wow, that's that's kind of incredible. And they want more of the unpaid ones. Um, that that's what happened last year. Um, there's been very little footage or details on the game since it was announced, other than like a few trailers, including the announcement trailer. Um, it was originally set to release in 2022. It received a year-long delay last year to March of this year, and it is it was the Steam's second most wishlisted game since basically. Like, it's basically been near the top of the wish list list on steam since it was announced and most recently it was the second most wishlisted game so um the new news of um the day before is that the game has just been struck by a trademark dispute um ahead of a apparently what they were saying they were going to release in january which is a raw gameplay footage trailer which again it's been a long time since there's been any footage and it's meant to be it was meant to be releasing in march so it's a so the trailer has now been post indefinitely postponed while developer fantastic consults with us lawyers and the game's march 1st release date of this year has now been pushed back eight months to november um and the studio claimed that steam blocked its game page at the request of a private individual who filed a trademark for the day before in the u.s specifically um a few months after its announcement in January 2021. So it's, um, which apparently is real. Like there is, like they link, Fantastic actually linked to a document proving that this trademark does exist and it was fired by someone else um, in May in 2021. So it doesn't seem to, like, it's not like they seem to be lying about what this. What is wrong with these delay. people? Like, what the hell? Like who, <laughs> like the US is like the world's largest or second largest gaming market. Like you'd think you'd trademark the bloody thing. Yeah, they've been working on it for four years, and they announced it two years ago, and they still don't have the what trademark the set up. Um, so it's yeah, so it's kind of hard to buy that this is like the full story when that's such a ridiculous scenario for 
a big company making games and they've made games before like they've released a couple already so it's just like yeah. it's it's not like abandoned which was just pure vaporware um which i don't even, i don't even know the details yeah, off like, the top of my head but that was what, like that was yeah. a crazy one that was like fully nothing this one is a real thing technically like they're making something it's just like it's hard to buy that there is I don't know that their whole the situation they're proclaiming to be in is exactly the way they're saying it to be, um, basically. So yeah, because it's, um, it's like, and then I, ju- I saw like you know the rumors of like the Discord mod saying we've never we haven't seen anything from this game, no footage, no f- screenshots or anything, like right. people questioning whether or not it's real. Mm. Yeah, because like I watched the announcement trailer again this morning, like bef- you know writing up this little write-up, which I also credit to PC Gamer. They're the ones who did all this work on the report and the breakdown of this game. But it's like, I watched the trailer again, and it's just like, man, this looks rougher than I remember. Because <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> it very well. But it definitely looks like a game that exists, you know, in the sense that it's like, yeah. okay, there's lots Wasn't of repeated like models. Wasn't it like CGI trailer or something? Like the original one? I thought I think this was the original one. I don't, oh, I don't, okay. I'm not sure there was a CGI one, actually. At least from what I saw. Hmm. And it's just like, because it, it, like, it reminded me of The Division a lot. But it's kind of just got a lot of Last of Us vibes. And it's got all that like really fake, like artificial, um, kind of game chatter, <laughs> which is just really wrong. Yeah, it's it, it all it's all very like mid twenty tens. Yeah, but it's all very like it's very cheesy and like just kind of it's not just cheesy. It's very like it comes off like um, I guess like mediocre at that goal. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's pretty unimpressive if that, and it's already not gonna really be particularly like impressive sort of feature of a trailer anyway but it's well um, i mean if you want to make it realistic it'll be one guy who's breathing into the microphone one guy (laughs) who left his fan and music on in the background (laughs) and then another guy like getting really into it and getting angry because no one else is listening and then the other water slurs yeah and then then the last person is just mute like that would that would be the realistic like you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like co-op experience for with strangers yeah um anyway but that's kind of yeah. the breakdown of that um of the day before it's um i, I yeah like I, I kind of wanted to talk about it because i forgot this about this game entirely apparently everyone else didn't <laughs> yeah. because it's been wishlisted a lot yeah which I is also something that people have, <laughs> yeah because i think people have been point like people have been feeling that it's like oh could it be a scam could it all be made up because of the wishlisting as well which I think realistically yeah. it's just a lot of people are into survival games. And yeah. I saw this game. It's like, oh, this is looks exactly how I want it to want yeah, this game kind like, of game to look. Okay. You know? I, I like the idea of state of decay, but I want a little bit more like, you know, kind of realistic art style. I want a little bit more happening in it, a little bit more atmosphere like a like an escape from Tarkov or something, but I don't want it to be that hardcore. So yeah. maybe this is like that happy medium that people were looking for. Mm-hmm. But they didn't trademark it. Like, I think it's just yeah. all convenient. I think I think it's just too convenient. They just weren't ready. They got nothing to show, and they just needed some excuse to to do it. Uh, and I bet that trademark that was filed from a South Korean applicant is actually their publisher or something. But it's just been obfuscated, and people will figure that out. And then it was like a whole thing. It's yeah, wait, wait. I shouldn't get that's, it that's too much speculation. Into con- I'm not saying that's been yeah. reported. I'm saying that's my <laughs> yeah, speculation. 
Yeah, but it's just like it's like how wild are, it's not are, they, are our conspiracies going to get? Because it's very easy to go. <laughs> yeah. In this. But it's like yeah, basically it's just like man, this thing seems shady, and they don't seem like they're telling anyone the truth publicly. Yeah. <laughs> like regardless of how truthful that ultimately is, like maybe it's barely different. <laughs> maybe they're just really dumb, which honestly still probably true. But it's yeah. um, I don't know. It's anyway. Curious. Let's uh, interested yeah. to see how that pans out. I guess. But yeah, well, yeah, that's that's going to do it for the news uh, over this past week. A lot to talk about, especially from the world of Xbox. How about we change gears and talk about some of the games you've been playing, John? Last week you brought up that you had started Psychonauts 2. Yeah. How'd um, you go with it? Yeah, I've now finished it as of a couple of days ago. It, it's not terribly long, but I did blast through it in like long game, like, you know, play times. Um, it's Like what? How long did it take you? Like 10 hours, 12 hours? Uh, I've got it listed as like, it probably took me around 15 hours total. Because I had it okay. like I had it like running sometimes while I walked away, <laughs> so it's like it's probably around Classic. fifteen total. Um, but it's and that's like also like spending time doing some side stuff here and there. Yeah. So I, like I try like I think I more or less exhausted the game, you know, of the stuff I can do in it. Um, I was very happy with it. I was like, it's, it's that's good. I think it like it lives up to the first one. I'd I'd like to see what Kai that's thought about fear. it because Kai mentioned it yeah. last like one of the last times he showed up. But it's like it definitely like the first game is amazing and holds up really well, and I really I've played it through a few times, and um, yeah. So this one like I'll definitely and I played through it recently too, so my memory of that game is pretty That's fresh. Good. And it's like I yeah. definitely think the second one lives up to it in like almost every way. Like I think it follows up on a lot of story beats. It, like it's it's interesting and how it contrasts because in all the important ways it it's the same quality or better. It, it like adds all these little quality of life upgrades to like the gameplay in a lot of ways, um, but the story itself is a lot more compelling and a lot bigger part oh, of the game nice. than I expected. And um, does it keep the charm of the first game? Like, does the humor, do the characters, do, does the world hold up? Yeah, I'd say so. Like Tim Schafer, like he's the studio head at Double Fine. He's like he was the writer of the original one. He's still the writer of this one. Um, it it definitely feels like a direct follow up in some ways because like. It, like it doesn't feel like you should have played the first one necessarily, but yeah, it like it does like it feels like it's new levels and characters are kind of designed in a way where it really plays off the first one in some meaningful ways. So like having not played it, like even including the VR game <laughs> that on PS4, like that's actually a, a relatively important part of the story that it like this yeah. one like the second game immediately follows up from Rhombus of Ruin, which is the PSVR game. So I went and like I've actually played that game before, but I rewatched it. Oh, okay. right I was going to say, how did you play it? <laughs> I have a PSVR. It's just it's oh, just been a long time. Okay. Um, but it's like I was I try- I wa- <laughs> no, I wanted to set it up, but I've lost the PS4 camera, <laughs> so I don't know where it went. <laughs> so um, I couldn't. I wasn't able to. Um, but it's like watching it. It's like it's not very. It was. It wasn't a very long game anyway. So it took like an hour and a bit to watch an LP of it. But it's. Um, would you get a PSVR two, or would it be just? Um, if it has Half Life Alex, yeah, probably. Okay, I really want to play that game, but it's, I don't want to. I, I want to play almost nothing else, but that, there's nothing <laughs> else that appeals to me all that much at all. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling on PSVR 2, actually, bringing it up? I, I think it, it depends on how well it handles. Okay, it just comes down to price. Like, for me, VR still seems to be a bit too expensive to justify for most headsets. I think the PS, the original PSVR was an exception, but it was also, like, much more limited. Whereas I think the PSVR 2, like, they've got new controllers, more powerful hardware, and that, I don't think it's, I don't think it's cheap. Did yeah, they announce pricing uh, for it? I thought yeah, it was expensive. On, on eBay games with the controllers set up, it like, it, it's 800. As much as a PS5, right? It's $880. <laughs> yeah, it's more. Yeah, <laughs> so it's more than a PS5. So, yeah. for me, I'm like, for that price, you can get, like, a stand, you can get an Oculus that doesn't need a system. Well, that's like that's what I thought. It's like I looked up the Steam Index, which is maybe probably higher quality than I would need. But like I looked up that one, and that one is like twelve hundred dollars or something. Yeah, um, like so nine hundred versus twelve hundred. Yeah, so it's like it still ends up being like if you want high end VR hardware, it still seems like a decent deal. But you know, you better really want it. So it's like it's um, yeah yeah so, so yeah yeah like with that one like all I really care about is Half Life Alex if it actually does arrive to the platform otherwise yeah. I don't think I want it at all like it's just it doesn't seem worth it um, but it's <laughs> anyway getting back to what I was saying um, Psychonauts two it's like um, yeah I was really I was really happy with it overall I think like it feel it plays off the story well like it, you know because there was like more loose ends with the first game than I kind of realized. And this one follows up on a lot of them, a lot more of them than I thought. It also doesn't end yeah. on a trait on a cliffhanger like the first one does, which kind of makes me like I think they were prepared to not make another one, which I think is fine. Um, but it's like I really hope they make another one because mm. the one little criticism I'd have of Psychonauts Two is that it ends up feeling because um, of the situation the story is in, like because the first one is like set in a summer camp for psychic kids. And you're kind of drawn into this little conspiracy story that ends up getting like quite a bit larger in scale and danger than you would expect. Yeah. And then this one's a bigger version of that at a location and cast that's completely new to you. So it's like it's a larger cast, it's a larger story, and I end up having to cover a lot of a lot of um, new information and characters than the first one does, but in a similar yeah. time frame. So yeah. it ends up like it, I think they do it like the writing and the overall content is really concise and effective. Like it it covers a lot of ground really quickly all the time. Like it doesn't <laughs> it has like no wasted space, you know. But it ends yeah. up feeling like a lot of these new characters and concepts are underbaked in a few ways, just because of how much there is. Like because it doesn't feel like there's it doesn't feel like there's massive gaps in the story or anything. And the nature of the story having a lot of like momentum and urgency to it means that it makes sense that you're not fully in the know of everyone, you know, like gotcha. you introduce characters, you hang out with a bit, but you know, it makes sense that they're not your, they, they're not your best friends by the end of it, <laughs> you know, it's not okay. like Persona where it covers a full year or something. It covers basically a day. Um, so it kind of like story wise, oh, it makes a lot of sense, but it's like, it ends up like by the time I was done with it, it's like, Oh, I wish I knew more about some of these characters. Cause you only, you only start off the game knowing a few of them and you, you, you know, you meet like two dozen extra ones who are all great, but you end up getting not quite enough on a, at least half of them. Like not as much as I'd personally oh. like, cause I really like them cause the writing's great and it's really charming. 
So it's it's kind of like it's just a situation where it's really really good. I want more of it, but if they actually had more of it, it might actually end up feeling bloated in some ways. So I'm kind of I'm mostly so overall I think with Psychonauts too they kind of nailed it in almost every respect to me, but I kind of it's hard not to feel like there's something lacking in certain ways, even though I don't disagree with the creative decision to do those things, you know, to actually for it to end up that way. So it's, um, yeah, I was really happy with it. Um, I really, really hope there's a third one, which feels a lot more possible at Microsoft now. I hope so. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think I'll, um, maybe I'll go back to, maybe I'll restart one. Cause I think I got to like a few levels in, I don't think I got, maybe I stopped or I just bef- like maybe the level before the meat circus. <laughs> I think which was the famous one that oh okay that's a Sorry. oh did they yeah. I don't know it's a little trickier but it's um like yeah it's, I think yeah. they updated it for PC to make it easier like when they did the re-release so I don't know I I think it's on game like I have it on Steam but maybe I'll play it on Game Pass because why not <laughs> yeah so game money's worth <laughs> get, one get some achievements <laughs> yeah um, get, like, get my dollar um, um, but yeah yeah if you're if you're in the mood for a platformer it's a good one but it's um yeah. I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's basically Psychonauts 2. Um, I also started Titanfall 2, which I've only played about an hour of. But it, e. yeah, I, I, I like it a lot so far, which is like, it, got, it really reminded me that it's been a long time since I played a game like this, which is that yeah. it's just a straight, it's a shooter campaign and it doesn't have the RPG qualifier next to it either. You know, like all the so far, the only progression has been just unlocking new loadouts for your Titan as the game co- progresses. Um, yeah. as far as I can tell like otherwise it's like you know you're playing a shooter where the focus is the story and the pacing and it's paced really well yes. and it's like it's like it feels like it reminded me it's like oh that's right that's what these games are meant to be which is like basically you know roller coaster rides where you're just kind of being yeah. funneled straight forward and doing and shooting really nice verticality like very nice traversal yeah the guns feel a lot better than I thought because I, I played yeah. it I played it for like even less time on PS4 along a couple of years yeah. ago, and I don't remember the guns feeling quite as good compared to mouse controls, which I was surprised by. But yeah. it's um, no, it feels feels very nice, like and and it, and it, like it's got a great sense of momentum and like I, I admit like sometimes some of the enemies become like bullet sponges, but it's a really cool story that's kind of very twisted and like I, I it, it's like an endless supply of people who taunt you. <laughs> Yes, and <laughs> like the bad guy in this is the person who sets up the Apex games in oh, the Apex okay. Legends, because yeah. like the Apex Legends games are like set like ten or twenty years after this, or even like thirty years after Titanfall Two. Mm. So that's the thing. So that's why like playing Titanfall Two and then playing Apex Legends, you you see how much Apex Legends is watered down in right. terms of the feel, the the speed, and and like the traversal compared to compared to Titanfall 2 and I I, I think I'm like three quarters through the game so I'll I'll definitely want to finish it soon Mm. yeah that that was also something I'll note is that like the story isn't is like very straightforward in a way that's exactly appropriate to the game like it feels very calibrated like a lot of the campaign stuff so far like again I've only played an hour but it's it's got a lot of polish yeah where it's just like the goal is to create an exciting uh you know kind of sprint for the player you know like it's about yeah. trying to keep them moving about not letting them kind of dawdle too long or get lost or anything like it's about like just being exciting and f- engaging 
consistently mm. it's just like man it's been a while since i played a game like that like uh, it really has been a long time like it, like all the games i play usually have some sort of downtime yeah. in a bigger way and this one is just like it's it this, really just it's yeah. just been years you know you can tell that this was polished this was created by people who worked on like old school call of duty campaigns yeah that's <laughs> what i was thinking as well yeah <laughs> yeah um no de- definitely definitely um it really wishes. It really makes me wish we could see a Titanfall three. Yeah, it makes me curious where they'll go with it. But it's um because I'm like, listen, Battlefield ain't working. Like, just give some money into the like Titanfall one was kind of buried between Battlefield. I think it was three and um like the launch of the like there was a lot of things happening at that time. I think and then but Titanfall two was like buried between. Uh, Battlefield, I think it was Battlefield 1. Like, just got the majority of the hype. And then, I think it was like another, like, Call of Duty. I think there's like a big Call of Duty that year. So it's like, it just got lost. Mm. Like, you know, I think it was like Black Ops 3 or something was that year. So it's like, both times it just got shafted. But EA just threw it out there, like, weeks before Battlefield came out. Then everyone forgot about it. Yeah. So I think, like, it deserves a lot more than it got. And I think the success that Respawn Entertainment has garnered with Apex Legends and the Star Wars Jedi games. Like, come on. <laughs> like, Yeah, it does feel you know kind I mean? of inevitable, but you don't know with EA, so maybe not. <laughs> yeah, like, but, uh, even if it was like a free-to-play, if, if it, even if it was a free-to-play multiplayer game, the gameplay, the movement, like, there's no no game can touch it. Yeah, I don't I have, like, very little faith games can, like, really survive that way, though. Like, you know, like, arena yeah. shooter stuff. Like, I don't, I'm yeah. not sure I have many comparisons in my head, actually. I was, like, mostly thinking about Quake Legends, but that's probably a really bad comparison. <laughs> yeah, that's a... Um, but it's, like, you know, that game... Like, that, they tried that game, like, three times, and it never worked. Um, yeah. And it's just... I don't know. You just don't see them very often, and every time someone tries it, they never really work out, you know? I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing something. But it's... um Yeah. Yeah, but that was... I'll talk about Titanfall 2 a little more later, I think, next time, depending on how yeah. much play more I play. But um, yeah, I think that's yeah. done. That's my week. Um, did you have much else to talk about yourself, or you want to cut it? No, I, no. I'm, I'm we. I'm in the last series of Money Heist on Netflix, so uh, maybe I'll do, talk a little bit about that next week. Um, but I'm I've got Hi-Fi Rush installed, uh, ready yeah. to go. I'm gonna try and get that going tonight. So we'll, I'll uh, report in next week on what I think. Go. <laughs> yeah that's going to do it for another episode of double jumper radio thank you everyone for listening and thank you as always for showing your support whether it's uh, through our discord our facebook our twitter pretty much anywhere you can find us uh, we'll be either at dbl jump or at double jump um, on social media you can also go to doublejump.co read all of our awesome uh, like written articles and we'll have the game of the year articles rolling out over the next week so keep an eye out for them uh, and john you, you've got you've got your picket your picks in there as well so excited to, to see them on the home page and yeah uh, until next time everyone look out for one another peace bye